is the rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Wednesday, May 12th afternoon. I'm going to be talking about all New York sports outcomes from last night, including the Knicks' a very disappointing, a heartbreaking loss to the Lakers. The Nets beat the Bulls last night. The Mets beat the Orioles and the Yankees. Took the first game of the series in St. Pete against the Rays. Uh, before I get into my rant for today, just wanted to remind you that you can listen to this podcast along with all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access them via the link tree in, in my Instagram bio at These Strive Sports. Give us a follow on Instagram at These Strive Sports. Give us a follow on TikTok at The Strive Sports for daily gambling advice. Slowing down on that a little bit, as I said on my other show riding the BK train uh, because I'm a little bit on I'm on a little bit of a cold streak right now so I'm gonna wait till I get a little hot then I'm gonna start uh, providing you with my locks uh, daily hopefully on TikTok uh, don't want to lose you guys money so when I'm on a cold streak uh, don't want to be putting those out there negative bad publicity out there even though I guess uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity all publicity is good publicity but whatever you get the point of what I'm saying uh, it makes it. Uh, it makes it legitimizes me a little bit less when I'm uh, throwing out wrong picks left and right. Uh, so I'm going to wait a little bit on that, but also looking for more fan interaction, obviously, as I mentioned every single day. Comment on my videos, DM the Instagram page, connect with me on LinkedIn, open to all suggestions as to how to make uh, all the podcasts and Strive Sports better as a whole. Um, you know, feel free to email me as well. Uh, you know, I'm open to. Any type of sports debate, talk, discussion, also open to suggestions as how to improve everything about Strive Sports. So please feel free to uh, DM, message, leave comments. Um, but to get back at the topic at, ha at hand, I'm uh, going to start my rant for today by talking about the Knicks and their devastating loss to the Lakers last night, losing in overtime by a score of 101 to 99. Yes, you heard that correctly. That was the final score in, after overtime, 101 to 99. Uh, the Lakers go on a 11 to 4 run in the final five and a half minutes uh, to force the game to go into overtime. Uh, it's unfortunate seeing, looking at how the quarters all went. Uh, the Knicks won the first quarter, they tied the second quarter, they won the third quarter, and then the Lakers beat the Knicks by three in the in the fourth quarter. That was the uh, difference, uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter. And then uh, they win the, the overtime 10-8, to eight, the Lakers do. Uh, you know, they also, um, Wes Matthews had the tip-in in, in the fourth quarter to tie the game. Uh, and force overtime, so that was disappointing to see. You know, I think that AD missed a shot, and Wes Matthews got the tip in, and there was no boxing out. It could have even been an and one on Derrick Rose. Uh, we don't have a good look. I mean, we get a good look at the end of the fourth quarter, and Randall isn't able to finish it. It's really disappointing stuff coming from Randall, the fact that, uh, you know, he's been leading us the whole season. I mean, uh, even last night, you know, no one really uh, – really showed up uh it was really just him and and uh Derek Rose combining for 58 of the team's uh, 99 points scoring more than half of the team's total points uh neither did shoot about 50% though before I get into Julius Randle uh the Knicks shot 39.5% from the field 34.5% from 3 
uh, when you know those are the stats, when those are your team's stats overall for a game, you're probably going to lose when you're the Knicks uh, because although you know they they do live and die by the defense, uh, and they did a good job on the Lakers holding them to only 101 points through overtime. 41.5% shooting from the field, 43% shooting from three. Uh, so they were better. They were more efficient than the Knicks. But if the Knicks, you know, want to win this game, they did they did their job on the defensive end, but they didn't show up offensively. And that is the uh, main concern for the Knicks uh, from the beginning of the season. I mean, I guess the beginning of the season was just the thought that they weren't even a good team. But uh, when they actually started playing a little bit better and they were showing some promise, uh, the concern was, you know, they could play defense. They'll give it their all every single night, but are they going to be able to keep up scoring-wise every single night? And, you know, when R.J. Barrett is going 2 of 13 from the field, 0 of 7 from 3, I'll give credit where credit's due. The Lakers are, a top, are, are the top defense in the NBA, so I'll give credit where credit's due. They, they, they made the Knicks really work for everything. R.J. Barrett, 2 of 13, 0 of 7 from 3. Uh, you know, at least he has the confidence, I guess. Uh, but Reggie Bullock, two of nine from the field, one of five from three. Uh, you know, one of those shots that one of those two shots that he hits was a was a big shot, definitely. But um, you know, definitely need to see more out of Reggie Bullock. But uh, disappointing for Randall. He had that last shot in you know at the end of regulation. Drove it to the basket on AD after hitting that huge three pointer over his long reach, uh, and you know just. Didn't fall. He kind of put it up as like a push floater. I feel like he maybe could have uh, finger rolled it. Also, maybe he could have draw, drawn a foul. But uh, we've seen it plenty of times before where Randall, uh, you know, he comes up clutch in situations when it's like not the final seconds and it's like the biggest moment of the game. Uh, he comes up clutch, you know, two and a half minutes left, two minutes left, hitting big shots to dagger, you know, extend our lead and finish off the other team. But when it comes down to this moment, you know, when we're tied last seconds of the game or, you know, we're down one or whatever it is, Randall hasn't shown up. He didn't show up against the against the Nets in that game where uh, he got called for that travel. Then he didn't show up against the Sixers in the game right after that. And now again, he's not showing up against the Lakers. And, you know, I can't get too upset at him uh, because I, I really do, you know, there's there's not many negative things to be said about Julius Randle other than maybe this one thing that uh, in the final seconds of games, of close games, he doesn't show up. Uh, but, you know, for a guy that's done everything possible for the Knicks to, to bring them into the playoffs, uh, it's just disappointing. It gets to that point. We're winning the whole game. We let them get back in on an 11-4 to run to finish regulation, and we could have finished them right there, uh, not even had to deal with an overtime, got, got in a little more rest, you know, I guess – technically five minutes more rest, whatever it is, you know, but uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to finish that, that layup. And uh, that will haunt my dreams for quite some time. It was like really, really disappointing. Uh, you know, especially after letting the Lakers come back in. I mean, they tied the game on that goddamn tip in by Wes Matthews. That was a very, very frustrating way to uh, blow that lead. And then we weren't able to, uh, you know, capitalize on on having the ball with no shot clock left uh it's unfortunate and then really at the end of the game that was just a, a complete botch uh down to terrible possession no timeouts rj barrett uh you know takes that awful shot julius randall clearly uh very upset at him after you know after the final after the uh 
final whistle blew and the game is over. I mean, he didn't even come close to hitting the rim. Uh, he was like being double teamed. You know, when you're holding the ball in your hands, all eyes are on you. Guess who their eyes aren't on? The guy near you or the guy that you're going to pass to. So you make a quick pass and uh, honestly, anything would have been okay from Randall at that point. I would have been fine with any shot from Randall. Uh, you know, I just wanted Randall to take that shot, not RJ. I think RJ needs to realize that. I think RJ wanted to be the hero of that game. Uh, you know, knowing that he did not play well at all. He thought he could have, uh, made up for his poor performance with the, with that one shot at the end. Uh, didn't even come close. He's not like a pull up three point shooter. So he should have known to have passed that ball to Randall and let Randall shoot a guy that can actually, uh, do everything. A guy that can drive it all the way to the bucket. He can pull up. Uh, you know, he could pull up from the mid range or three. So I just didn't like the play of, of RJ taking that shot. I would have passed it to D Rose or, or Randall, and I probably would have been okay with any shot they would have taken. They could have gone back court. I mean, if it was possible to go back court and have taken a shot, I would have preferred that, uh, rather than RJ Barrett take the shot that he took. But, uh, you know, the past is the past. Uh, hopefully RJ will learn from that, from that. Uh, from that loss and that bad decision that he made putting up that shot, just dribble, dribble, dribble. Um, but the Knicks, you know, go they uh, lose to the Lakers, who went on an 11-4 run to tie the game, forced the overtime, and then, uh, you know, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, finishes off the Knicks with that three-pointer. Uh, you know, the Knicks were up one, Horton Tucker hits that three-pointer, Lakers up two, and uh, that's all she wrote, so... Disappointing for the Knicks. Now they move down to the sixth seed. That would mean that they would have to play uh, the three seed in the first round. I think that that's the Brooklyn. I mean, I think that's the Milwaukee Bucks right now. I believe. Uh, so that's definitely not ideal. Uh, the, the next three games are against the Spurs, the Hornets, and the Celtics. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who the Heat and the Hawks are playing, but would be ideal, you know, just to be able to get up to that five seed, whether it be playing, you know, it doesn't even matter about home court at this point. I just, everyone would prefer to play the Heat or the Hawks rather than the Bucks. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what it's going to take. I, I'm not exactly sure who the Heat and the Hawks are playing for their final three games, but Huge final three games. Uh, can't wait to see what happens uh, to finish off this season for the Knicks, and uh, hopefully we can get it to that you know four or five slot in order to avoid the matchup against Milwaukee or potentially Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, just it's still exciting times. I mean, I'll tell you this: uh, that was a great experience last night, being able to watch that game and the Knicks. You know, only losing by two to the Lakers, really controlling the the entirety of the game, uh, and you know, making it close in overtime as well. Obviously, no LeBron, so would have been even more satisfying if this game was with LeBron and it was that outcome, but uh, still satisfying going up against the former champs, uh, Los Angeles Lakers, a team that we always struggle with. Uh, so very nice to be able, and we just beat the Clippers the other day. So, you know, you can't ask for too much sweeping the LA series, but I definitely think that we should have gotten that win, but unfortunately we didn't moving on to the next one. That's the way you got to live life. Uh, get better every day. R.J. Barrett hopefully learned from that uh, terrible decision uh, at the end of overtime. But that's enough for my Knicks rant today. Going to be moving on to talking about the Nets and their 115-107 win over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, really not that much to be said here. I mean, overall, uh, good performance. The only thing really that's noteworthy to be mentioned is that Kyrie left the game uh, because he was hit in the face. Uh, I hope that he's okay. Um, overall, uh, the Nets shot 47% from the field, 36.5% from three. 
Um, you know, good game from KD, 9 of 13 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 21 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. It's nice to see him facilitating, you know, not, you know, usually you, you would expect KD to have more rebounds than assists, but the fact that he's doubling his, his assists in comparison to rebounds uh, is very impressive. Uh, it shows that he's making the right decisions. Um, yeah, you know, both sh- both in when he ta- he's taking his shots and when he's passing. I mean, 9 of 13, that's extremely efficient. And honestly, the... the uh, a lot of the team was efficient last night. Blake Griffin, 13 points, 5 of 8. Uh, Bruce Brown, 15 points, 6 of 11. Uh, Jeff Green, 14 points, 5 of 12. Claxton, 10 points, 5 of 7. Uh, obviously, there were guys that were inefficient, especially coming off the bench. Mike James, 1 of 7. Uh, Landry Shamit, 0 of 5. You know, so guys need to play better. Like you, you got to remember, they were playing the Chicago Bulls last night. Uh, and, you know, the, the Nets won the first three quarters. Uh, and then they actually lost the last quarter by 11 points. So it only wound up being, uh, an eight point victory, even though that they were up 19 going into the, I mean, yeah, they were up 19 going into the fourth quarter, uh, lose that fourth quarter by 11 points, wound up winning by, by eight. Um, you know, my biggest concerns from the Nets are, and, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Just the chemistry playing together, it may be even more of a concern now that Kyrie might not be playing uh, due to this injury from from last night. Uh, so now KD is just going to be out there. Do we know if, if Harden is going to be healthy enough in time for the playoffs? Uh, in addition to that, you know, rebounding is always – I mean, they, they won the rebounding battle last night, actually, did the Nets. But uh, definitely, you know, rebounding a little bit of an issue and, and defense overall, mo- even more so than rebounding. Uh, I mean, you look at what the uh, the Bulls shot last night. They shot 41% from three. I mean, uh, you know, the best teams in the league when you're talking about, uh, like, you know, the Jazz and, and the Suns and the Sixers, you know, they, they probably uh, have a worse three-point – opponent's three-point percentage than the Knicks is, and they let up more. But that's probably because they have such a high-powered offense also that other teams are forced to score. Like, it, it has to happen. You know, you're not just going to blow every team out by uh, by 20 to 30 points. So, you know, it, it just happens that other teams have to score. But uh, I, I think that it's a real concern for the Nets. I don't think that it's, you know, other teams are just scoring up to them because uh, the Nets score so much. You know, I think that the Nets have – actual concerns on the defensive end. I mean, I don't think that Kyrie is a good defensive player. Um, I don't think that uh, Joe Harris is anything special on defense. Blake Griffin, definitely not. They don't really have that rim defender unless you want to talk about KD potentially being that. I mean, he did have three blocks last night. Give credit where credit's due. But uh, I'm still concerned about the chemistry, uh, how they play on the road, and also – just their defensive issues. I mean, you know, it's been the whole season, their bottom half in the league in terms of defense. It's nothing new. Uh, overall, obviously, still probably the most talented team in the league, uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm locking them in to, to be my champs at all. Um, you know, not even my Eastern Conference champs. I actually think that this at this point of the season, the Sixers are going to take the East. I don't think that the Nets will have any answer for Embiid. As long as Embiid is 100%, I don't know how the Nets could possibly stop him. Yes, the Nets have one extra, you know, superstar player, but the Sixers still have Tobias Harris. Uh, they still have Danny Green and Seth Curry, who, you know, as much as I rave about Joe Harris, 
both those guys I would take over Joe Harris probably. Uh, they both have more experience in the NBA, especially being on good quality teams, uh, especially Danny Green, who is a three-time NBA champion, has won the last two NBA championships. Seth Curry, I believe, has like the highest uh, three-point percentage in the history of the NBA or something like that. Uh, Seth Curry, that is, you heard that correctly, not Stephen Curry, Seth Curry. So, I mean, I really like the Sixers. I'm just a little bit concerned about uh, a bunch of different things about the Nets. Uh, so, including Steve Nash being their coach. I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess it never got close enough to actually grow concerned. But to lose that fourth quarter by, you know, 11 points and uh, come close to blowing the lead is uh, it's a little eye-opening. So, I am concerned uh, about Steve Nash as a rookie coach not having experience uh, coaching in the playoffs ever before. Uh, especially with these types of players, KD, Kyrie, Harden. Um, and then also just the chemistry, having them not having been on the court together, uh, you know, all those things together makes me concerned about the, the Nets' chances to actually, you know, hold up the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy at the conclusion of the season. But uh, still, no matter what, incredible season for the Nets. Uh, I'm sure that every Nets fan enjoyed this season. Uh, there were ups and downs. You know, the downs were probably just when Kyrie wouldn't play and KD got injured and and Harden got injured. But you know, those aren't even real downs. You traded for Harden this this uh, in the middle of the season. Uh, KD comes back from his Achilles injury and is just fantastic. And Kyrie is proving that he might be the most skilled player in the league. Uh, so really incredible year for the Nets. Uh, I'll. Be honest, I don't want them to win the championship. I'll root against them winning the championship. I, I want them to make the Eastern Conference Finals to see them play the Sixers. Uh, I don't care if they make the finals. I just don't want them to win a championship. Uh, but, you know, it easily could happen. And they have one of the best teams in the league, one of the best stories from this year. And can't wait to see what happens in this playoffs for both the Knicks and the Nets. Uh, hopefully the Knicks don't don't meet the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, if the Nets somehow slip down to the three to the three seed uh, and the Bucks move up to the two, uh, but I guess I'd prefer to play the Nets in the first round than the Bucks if I had to choose one of the two. Uh, if I were the Knicks, just because that's you know it means more playing in that series. I think the Knicks will also play harder uh, going up against the Knicks in comparison to Bucks. But we'll see what happens. Very hyped for these last three games. The Knicks playing uh, tomorrow night against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, that's it for my rant on New York basketball. Going to be moving on to talking about uh, New York baseball and the Yankees. So the Yankees in the first game of their series down in St. Pete against the Tampa Bay Rays get a win. Very uh, uncommon for the Yankees to go down to St. Pete and win a game, let alone the first game of the series. But they win this one by a score of three to one. Uh, if there was any way, you know, if there's any prediction as to how they would win this game, that probably would be a, a score. You know, uh, the Rays, us basically shutting down the Rays' offense and us really not scoring many runs. Uh, and it's no surprise that two out of the three runs from last night were scored via the home run. Uh, Judge hit a home run in the top of the first, and then Sanchez hit a homer in the bottom of the seventh. The other run was scored via a LeMahieu, uh, LeMahieu being on third base and a pass ball. Uh, you know, so really no runs were scored via the uh, base hit. Uh, no runs were driven in uh, via the base hit. So basically the Yankees went one of seven with runners scoring position last night. 
Uh, the least, you know, I have to at least say that the Rays did go 0 for 5, so we really did shut them down last night. Uh, I guess before I really get into commenting on the hitting, we should get, we should, I should comment on the positives uh, of the Yankees right now, that being the pitching. Uh, you know, you know how much I comment on the Yankees pitching and how great it is. Uh, I basically update, I try to update you after every game where they stand, where their pitching staff overall stands. Uh, with ERA, whip, and batting average against. I'll get to that in a moment. But Montgomery with another quality start. Where I think our starting pitching is starting uh, to really show something. We're moving up on that quality char- quality starts list. Uh, six innings pitched, one earned run on only two hits, nine strikeouts, only 85 pitches as well. Uh, you see this time Boone going uh, with a different with some different logic, taking Montgomery out after six and 85 pitches while the other day um, against the Nationals, he leaves Herman in to give up that two-run home run uh, in a similar type of situation, maybe a little less pitches, but also after six innings, keeps him in, gives up the home run to Schwarber. Uh, but Montgomery, he takes him out after six, can't complain. That's a great outing. The bullpen did the job after him. Luizaga makes up for his poor performance the other day. Um, two innings pitched, uh, 1K, one walk, one hit. 34 pitches, and then Chapman uh, shuts him down in the ninth. One innings pitched, 1K uh, on 17 pitches. Still has that 0.0 ERA, so really goes to show how great the pitching has been as of late. I mean, I think that Montgomery now is his ERA below 4.0 at 3.96. That's impressive. Uh, You know, him along with Cole, obviously, have been great. Uh, Herman has showed his potential as well. Obviously, gave up that home run. Uh, the other day, as I mentioned just before, but uh, still showed definitely showed promise in that outing. Um, you know the same thing with Kluber. Kluber's past couple outings has been great, uh, and you know it goes to show because the Yankees are now sixth in the league in quality starts with having. 15 quality starts uh, between their starting pitchers. So, uh, you know, Kluber re- recently over the past two to three starts has really been picking it up. Then you go and look at uh, Garrett Cole. Obviously, every single time he has uh, he's viable to give you a quality start. And then you look at Montgomery from last night and what he did and, and what he could be capable of. Uh, and now I look at the other categories. It's crazy. The Yankees are top 10 in every category. Uh, they are top five in all these categories except for quality starts, which they're sixth in. They are fourth in ERA at 316. They are first in whip at 106. And they are third in batting average against at, at 212. That is really incredible. I mean, the Yankees pitching is leading the way right now. There's no doubt about it. They're currently three games above 500. They're hot right now, having won three games in a row. And, uh, you know, they had that five-game winning streak, and then they had a two-game losing streak. Uh, and then a, and then now they just had another three-game winning streak. So they really won eight of their last ten games. Uh, so they're eight and two, you know, in their last 10, uh, incredible stuff, but it, it goes to show you compare the, the overall batting stats to the pitching stats and it, and it goes to show what the issues are. And I'll tell you the issue isn't getting on base. I mean, uh, you look at the, you look at the game last night, they went one of seven with the runners scoring position, left five runners, on, left six runners on base. Um, you know, they, they, they're eighth in on base percentage in, in all of baseball. Uh, the issue is Getting hits, I, I guess, is what it is. Getting hits with those guys on base. Uh, they're 24th in batting average. Uh, I'm assuming that a lot of pitchers aren't pitching to the Yankees these days. They're forcing them to uh, you know, leave the strike zone in order to uh, find a pitch that they like. 
uh, knowing how stacked the Yankees lineup is. And the Yankees have been falling for it recently, and uh, especially in big situations. So they're they're getting guys on base. They could see the ball well there. They're getting walks. They're getting on base. But, you know, they can't get the hits when the guys are on base. It goes to show that they're 24th in batting average and 20, tied for 22nd in terms of runs. Uh, obviously, you know, that's better than the Mets, who are last in the league in runs. But uh, definitely not good enough right now. 22nd, that is not a Yankees team. That's not Bronx Bombers. This is actually like the opposite of what we've seen of every Yankees team. We're usually concerned about the uh, the pitching, you know, whether it just be the starting pitching or the bullpen. Uh, right now, they're a cohesive unit. They're, they're functioning together. And they know that uh, in order for one to succeed, the other also has to succeed. So the pitching is working right now. But unfortunately, the hitting isn't. And it, it usually... Usually it was the other way around. You know, the hitting is doing its job, and either one of the two of the starting pitching or the bullpen wasn't. Uh, so hopefully the hitting can come around the corner because the Yankees pitching is looking just as good as, uh, you know, any pitching staff in the league when you include the bullpen in there. Uh, so as long as the hitting turns a corner, uh, the Yankees should be one of the best teams in baseball, no doubt about it. I mean, you can see they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Now they're... Uh, they're over 500 both on the road and at home now that they're 8 and 7 uh, away and they're 9 and 16 overall so just to look at the guys and and how they're struggling and you know to show that they need to play better uh LeMayu hitting 240 uh you know he went 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position Aaron Judge he went 2 for 4 yesterday but he's hitting 254 goes to show that he's really been struggling uh, up until yesterday obviously he had a home run yesterday uh, but he also had another opportunity to drive in a run and you know didn't capitalize on it um you know and then uh you go ahead and you look at Luke Voigt at his first game last night that, that I didn't even I, that's my apologies for not mentioning that at the start I mean this is a guy that can really change this team completely uh you know he's a power hitter he's a contact hitter he can he can really do it all he'll find the hole in the shift uh he just gets the job done he's like okay defense on first base but uh it's something that can really turn this offense around hopefully uh generate more home runs since you know the slugging percentage has not been great for the yankees 19th in the league they're usually a top 10 team in slugging percentage if not top five if not top two uh so Definitely disappointing to to see where they're at in terms of slugging. I think Luke Voigt will have, be a huge help with that. Glaber Torres still struggling, 234 batting average, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Uh, and if you want to get confused by something, uh, and you know maybe this will stray you away from analytics or believing in analytics, uh, you know since the Yankees use that so much, they rely on analytics so much, and um it, it kind of failing them right now but uh according to uh defensive war Glaber Torres is uh in the lead in the lead or tied for the lead lead in defensive war with Trey Turner and Brandon Crawford at 3.1 he had an error yesterday it's probably not the case anymore this is from yesterday so uh it's still confusing to see it goes to show that you can't always just look at the analytics and and believe them but Torres definitely really struggling 0 for 4 three strikeouts and had an error yesterday Sanchez he did it a home run but he's hitting 178 and you know you go down to Frazier, you know, he even got hit yesterday. Still one, uh, still hitting 149, and then uh, Brett Gardner 0 for three, hitting 190. I mean, that's three guys at the bottom of the lineup all hitting below the Mendoza line. 
you know, that's just unacceptable. I'm sorry. Like, uh, I do need to see better at the t- better out of the top of the lineup. But at least the guys at the top of the lineup, when you look at uh, LeMayu, Stan, Nurshela, they're hitting 280 and above. Uh, you know, obviously would like to see them a little bit higher, but 280 is very, very respectable in baseball these days. So I uh, need to see more at the bottom of the lineup. That was that was something that made the Yankees different in the past. You know, it was the fact that it, it's one to nine, uh, you know, really hard to get through for a pitcher. And, you know, you, it, once it gets to the third time around, they're probably figuring you out because it's, you know, they're, they're all, they're using each other and they're figuring it out in the dugout. But right now, uh, they just don't seem like a cohesive unit on on the offensive end, and it doesn't seem like they're. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's not putting in the work. I don't know if it's not feeling comfortable in there and not seeing the ball. But there's something wrong on the offensive side for the Yankees, and uh, it's it's a tad bit concerning, especially seeing you know they're winning games, hitting these solo home runs, not uh, getting that many runners on base, and definitely not driving in the runners via the base hit. Uh, or even getting you know home runs with multiple guys on base, uh, it's concerning. I hope that it that it turns around, and I think Luke Voigt is someone that could definitely turn that around. So uh, I'm excited uh, for the rest of the series against the Rays. You know, high intensity whenever we're playing a division opponent, uh, let alone the Rays, who we just lost to in the playoffs last year. So uh, I'm gonna check out tonight's pitching matchup real quick. So we got Garrett Cole on the hill for the Yanks tonight. Four and one, one six one ERA, uh, sixty six strikeouts, only three walks. Really incredible stuff to start the year. While uh, the Rays are throwing out, uh, I think it's Connor, Colin, McHugh, zero and one, seven three six ERA, uh, ten strikeouts, twelve hits, and seven in the third innings. Uh, that's it. Seems like this guy is a. Uh, you know, an opener. He's not an actual starter, so they'll probably pitch him for an inning or two, and then move on uh, to you know pitching their bullpen the rest of the way, or have a long reliever go uh, for you know most of the middle of the game. But always excited to be able to see Cole on the hill. I guess that we should probably expect uh, the same type of game as yesterday. Uh, it seems like both teams are struggling on the offensive end, so uh, excited to see what happens with the rest of the series, and hopefully extend our lead. Uh, ahead of teams like the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles in the division and uh, catch up to the Red Sox. But good win yesterday to start the series. Uh, Want to see more out of the offense. Can't wait to see Luke Voigt get going. He brings a different type of energy to this club, you know, that real uh, big boy man's energy. I don't know. I don't know if that really, if you really felt what I was uh, giving off there because especially the, the Yankees have Aaron Judge 6-7 and, and Stanton 6-6. But I don't know. He just brings a different type of energy, I feel like, than those two guys. Uh, and I'm excited to see that he's back. And I know that he's very happy to be back. So hype for Yankees baseball tonight with Garrett Cole on the Hill. Going to be moving this rant on and talking about the Mets. So the Mets are currently one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in all of baseball. They have won seven games in a row, uh, winning their final two games of the series against St. Louis, then sweeping the Diamondbacks, and then winning a two-game series against the Orioles. Uh, didn't realize that it was only a two-game series, so they won't be playing tomorrow night. Um, but it, you know, it's it's a real similar situation to uh, what's happening with the Yankees. I guess other than maybe the uh, the scoreboard today with the Orioles uh, yesterday, they win their game by a score of three to two. 
Uh, Marcus Stroman on the hill has a uh, pitches six in the third innings, gets the quality start, five uh, Ks on ninety pitches, has a two oh one ERA. That's incredible. Uh, and then John Means back on the hill after pitching that no hitter uh, last week, six innings pitched. 3Ks, no earned runs actually, so uh, it seems like the Mets made a, a comeback in this game, uh, scoring the three runs in, uh, you know, one in the bottom of the eighth, and then two of them in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off. Uh, great win for the, for the Mets, obviously means uh, he's an up-and-coming pitcher, it seems like he's got a 1-2 ERA at this point of the season, uh, and the Mets wound up tying the game in the bottom of the ninth on a Dom Smith single. And then uh, Mazeka grounds into a fielder's choice for VR to score. Overall, they went 2 of 11 with runners in scoring position. You could see where the concerns on the offensive side are. And the fact that there's no concerns on, on with uh, pitching. Uh, you know, Stroman, 6 and a third. Luke, uh, two-thirds of an inning. And then May and Familia with an inning each. Uh, only giving up the bullpen, only giving up a total of one earned run uh, overall. So great outing by the pitching staff. When you're talking about uh, Stroman to uh, the bullpen, uh, but the offense still struggling. Before I get into their overall stats at this point of the year, uh, we got McNeil hitting 234, uh, Lindor hitting 200, Conforto 238, uh, VR 231, Dom Smith 230. Uh, you know, and the list just continues, you know, Nimmo not even playing these days. So, uh, it is concerning, but the Mets go on to win the series today by a score of seven to one. Uh, that's a little more, you know, it makes it, you feel a little better about yourself. They went seven of 10 with runners of scoring position. Now that's something to be extremely happy about. Uh, this was an overall good, good effort by, all facets of the game, pitching, hitting, something that you don't that we haven't seen from much of the Yankees or the Mets this year. Uh, you know, Tyone Walker, seven innings pitch, one earned runs, gets that quality start, uh, throwing four Ks also, 97 pitches. He's got his ERA down to 2 2 0. And then the dark, the former dark knight of the New York Mets, Matt Harvey, pitched today actually, giving up seven earned runs on four and a third innings. So, uh, probably a nice feeling for the Mets to be able to beat up their old uh, their old ace. Not sure why that's nice, but it probably does feel a little nice for Mets fans. But uh, overall, I mean, the guy's still struggling. Lindor, I mean, obviously not much change is going to, through one day. Uh, basically, all those guys still uh, in the same area. 232 for VR, 202 for Lindor, 238 for Conforto. Uh, Dom Smith, good day, with three for four today, so he's hitting 250 now. Uh, so, you know, a, a little bit of improvement, and that's what one day can do. One day, uh, one good day like this, 7 of 10 with runners of scoring position, can give you the confidence boost to uh, bring your offense to the next level. And a uh, really great thing to see from this Mets, to take away from this Mets game today, is that uh, they did not score any of their runs via the home run. They were all scored via base hits, and one of them was on, on an infield single. So, you know, Pilar scored... Uh, Drove in the first couple runs with a triple. Peraza hit a single. Pilar scored. Dom Smith singled. Uh, Lindor scored. Conforto singled. VR scored. Dom Smith doubled. Uh, Conforto scored. And then Peraza reached an infield single and Alonso scored. So uh, it's nice to see them not, you know, just hitting home runs like the Yankees yesterday. Three runs, two of the runs are via the home run. Uh, so it's nice to get it the other way. And this is a game where the uh, the pitching and the hitting showed up for the Mets. But 
Uh, you look at the overall, I mean, it's clear that the hitting is the problem right now. You look at the pitching, the Mets are second in ERA. Uh, they are tied for seventh in quality starts. They are third in whip, and they are sixth in batting average against. So they are basically top ten in every single major pitching category. Uh, while, you know, the main concern for the Mets isn't even getting hits or getting guys on base. They're third in on-base percentage. They're 13th in batting average. It's the same issue with the Yankees. Uh, it's get driving in those runs uh, when the guys are on base. Uh, the Yankees also have a solid on-base percentage. Their batting average could be a little bit better. Uh, that would probably improve their, you know, their performance with the runners in scoring position, but uh, that would also improve where they rank in terms of runs. And right now the Mets are dead last in the league in runs. Somehow, though, they've won seven games in a row, 8-13, first in the NL East, but they literally are last in the league in runs. Just goes to show how great their pitching is this year. Uh, you know, New York, we're usually looking for big bombs and stuff like that, but uh, I guess this year we're going to be in for some really incredible pitching, something that uh, at least Yankees fans haven't been able to experience much of in the past, really, 25 years. Uh, so, you know, exciting stuff. Both teams are above 500 right now. Uh, both teams have reason to be, or both fan bases have reason to be really excited for uh, the summer and all that's to come uh, with this season. Uh, so that, that's really it for my rant on the Mets today. Great series win for the uh, against the Orioles, continuing uh, to stay hot, beating the teams that you should, uh, which was definitely a concern earlier on in the season, more so for the Yankees, I guess. Uh, but you know, Mets now eighteen and thirteen win that series. So overall, very exciting time for New York sports. You got your Knicks, Nets, Yankees, Jets, Rangers, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was trying to do a little, we didn't start the fire there, but a very exciting time for New York sports. Uh, that's it for my rant today. I uh, just wanted to remind you that you can listen to this podcast along with all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can access them via the link tree in my Instagram bio. Uh, feel free to comment and leave suggestions on the video or DM me, uh, either of those. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and uh hope you guys have a great day. Hope you enjoy Yankees baseball tonight and Nets basketball tonight. I'll be, ba be back for another rant on those two teams and their outcomes from tonight, tomorrow. But for now, peace out. Good vibes. Enjoy the